Welcome to the new Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller from WMHT.org. David Allen Miller conducts the Albany Symphony and he provides commentary on the WMHT live broadcast. David's commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of David Allen Miller's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live on WMHT-FM, your classical companion. The Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony Concert Broadcast is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. Our concert began with a brand new work by a lovely young American composer named Stacy Garrup. Stacy lives in Chicago, where she's a professor of composition at Roosevelt University, and she came to my attention a little more than a year ago when we were looking for someone to fill a position called Composer Education Partner. You see, the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation gave the symphony a very generous gift to create a series of composer partnerships. And so each year, starting this year and continuing for the next two, we're going to have a composer education partner who's going to be sort of a mid-career composer who does some very involved education project in the public schools of our region, as well as having pieces played by the orchestra and commissioned by the orchestra as well. And then another position called mentor composer, in which we have a, a really major American composer come and work with the orchestra and on which we perform works by that composer and also um, record works by that composer. So this concert actually featured two of our resident composers, Stacy Garrup, our composer educator partner, and John Harbison, this year's mentor composer. Back in November, as the first part of her residency, Stacy had brought us a piece that had already been played once called Becoming Medusa, a very dramatic piece about that terrible figure in Greek legend who turns men to stone statues when they look upon her, her face and her, her hair made of serpents. Uh, and the premise behind that piece was that it was imagining what Medusa had been like before she was turned into a hideous monster. I was so taken by that piece that I said to Stacy, since I knew we were going to be playing a piece of hers this month on the American Music Festival, that she might consider writing a multi-movement work, almost like a, a Greek mythology or women in Greek mythology symphony, and making each movement uh, somehow related to women in Greek mythology. And she so much liked that idea that she went ahead and proceeded on that project. So on this evening's concert, we feature two more movements, separable pieces, but pieces that ultimately will be part of this larger work about Greek women in mythology. And these two movements uh, are actually, again, very contrasting movements to becoming Medusa as well as to each other. The first features the sirens. It's about those uh, very attractive ladies who lure men onto the rocks to die on the rocks on the shores of their island with their siren song, with their beautiful voices. And if you remember from the the Odyssey, Odysseus actually had his men strap him to the, the mast of his ship when they passed the island of the sirens and all go down below so that he would somehow be able to withstand their their incredible bewitching power. So this first movement is all about the sirens and their song, and you'll hear that song in the woodwinds at the very beginning, and you'll hear the sound of the of the men on the ship passing in the sound of the brass that comes a little bit later. And this work uh, builds itself up to quite a, a frenzied climax before subsiding. The second movement is a rather more introspective work. Uh, if the first work, Sirens, is something of a, a scherzo, this second movement we're playing tonight is something of of a slow movement, uh, and it involves the fates, the ladies who decide who shall live and who shall die and who cut the, the thread of life at the end of people's lives. And so this movement begins with a very beautiful and evocative cello 
solo, played by the orchestra's principal cellist, Susan Libby, and then continues again to build to quite a dramatic climax before subsiding and before you hear at the very end the snipping of the of the scissors as this cello solo ends once more abruptly. So here now the world premiere of two pieces by Stacey Garrup from Greek mythology, first Sirens and second The Fates. The orchestra is the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. Those were the opening works of the Albany Symphony's American Music Festival, two pieces by Stacey Garrup from Greek mythology, first Sirens and second The Fates. The orchestra was the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. The American Music Festival as its name would suggest, mainly features American music, but we we never want to be altogether exclusive about American music. And actually, I hope that as the festival evolves and grows and develops, it'll become even more than purely an American music festival and embrace a great deal of world music as well. So we like to feature some non-American work on the program so it doesn't seem terribly chauvinistic. Uh, And I knew that I wanted very much for this year's American Music Festival, which is a very focused set of three three days of very intense musical activities, five or six different events over a long weekend, uh, that I wanted to have an artist in residence. And I turned to one of my favorite artists who deals a great deal with living music and with new music, the Scottish percussionist Colin Curry. Colin had been with us a few years ago to record George Santakis' beautiful percussion concerto, Miraloya, and I've worked with him in various cities around the United States. He's just an amazing artist and a brilliant uh, solo percussionist. And so I called Colin, uh, who makes his home in London, and asked him what he might like to play. And I said, it doesn't have to be American. It's wonderful if it is, but um, whatever you're working on and most excited about. And he mentioned that he would just have been finished playing the four premier performances around the world of this brand new percussion concerto, which was written for him and commissioned for him from one of the legendary Finnish composers, Eno Johani Rautavara. Mr. Rautavara is now in his early 80s and um, has uh, really dominated the Finnish music scene for many, many years, owing a great deal in his music to, to Sibelius. As you can imagine, almost all Finnish composers must take a strong stand for or against or uh, living in the shadow or continuing the line of Sibelius. And Rautavara very much embraces the sort of uh, quiet lyricism of Sibelius and uh, writes very evocative and very accessible music. So Colin uh, had just finished as I said, this series of four concerts, I think at the Concertgebouw in in Amsterdam and England, the last one had been in Baltimore. And so we gave, in fact, the fifth performance of this brand new three-movement concerto, very beautiful orchestral piece, very big and dramatic, rather self-explanatory, a a rather majestic introduction to a rather fast-moving first movement, a really evocative, beautiful slow movement, and then finally a a rather rip-roaring finale. I should mention there's a rather prominent cadenza at the end of the third movement, featuring the vibraphone and the, and the marimba, as well as some of the unpitched percussion. And that was sculpted entirely by Colin from the material of the piece. Very impressive cadenza, I think. So here now, only the fifth performance in the world of Eno Johani's recently written uh, percussion concerto for Colin Curry. Colin Curry is the soloist. The orchestra is the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast. Only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. I should probably say a few words about the American Music Festival before we embark on the second half of our program. This is a very ambitious, and I believe a a -a one-of-a-kind event among orchestras in America and in the world. Uh, For a weekend every year, the Albany Symphony 
basically creates a, a whole group of concerts around the idea of American arts and American music and brings together uh, a great number of recent works, uh, recent works as well as newly commissioned works and, and brand new works, uh, and performs them in various venues and with various ensembles. This year we're very excited because it was the first year that we actually have condensed the festival into a weekend. In past years it's actually been in March and has spread over different weekends. But now it's really feeling much more like an intense three-day music festival. And the entire festival took place at RPI's magnificent new performing arts center, MPAC. Uh, so in the various theaters of the MPAC center, we gave the various concerts. So our Dogs of Desire, our new music ensemble that uh, really explores all sorts of fascinating, wacky, interesting, fringe aspects of popular culture and concert music, gave a stellar concert on Friday night. On Saturday, we had a reading session with a whole group of wonderful new works by three young American composers. On Sunday afternoon, Colin Curry, our artist-in-residence, gave a, uh, a percussion performance. Sunday morning, the orchestra recorded John Harbison's Great Gatsby Suite. And Saturday night was, of course, the sort of epicenter, the central culminating event of the whole festival, our subscription concert, which you're now listening to. Uh, and so the subscription concert uh, is a fairly uh, adventurous idea to have a concert that's entirely made up of brand new or very recent works, three of the four of them all being by American composers. So a, a real chance to hear music as it's being created, essentially, and to hear what's really newest on the scene. To open the second half, we featured a brand new work, a commissioned work, by one of my favorite composers, whose music I did a lot uh, in my early years, but have not had the privilege of doing so much recently. So I was delighted to be reunited with James Primosh, who's a distinguished professor at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, and really one of the most elegant and, and beautiful of American composers. Jim writes a great deal of liturgical music, beautiful choral pieces as well. And I asked him whether he might be willing to adopt as his theme uh, something to do with the American luminist painters, the so-called Hudson River School of Painting. And he took that idea very seriously and researched the painters of the Hudson Valley, Thomas Cole, Frederick Church, Mr. Bierstadt, and all the like, uh, and of course was captivated by them, as we all are. And he was particularly captivated by the, the play of light. These, uh, these painters were, of course, best known for the, the way they projected light and captured light in their paintings. And so Jim decided to write an entire tone poem about an 18-minute work uh, inspired by the idea of light in the paintings of the Luminist school. So the piece is called Luminescence, and uh, it really is just about the different... In essence, it's a, a tr it's a translation of the colors of light, of the way light is, is captured and projected in painting into music. And so it doesn't actually go chronologically. It begins, as you'll hear, in the deepest reaches of the night, darkness in the lowest part of the orchestra, and builds up very, very slowly and beautifully with these magnificent... Um, there's almost a little bit of Gregorian chant that he's lifted and has used as part of the subject of his of his argument. And it builds up, and, and you don't get night followed by morning, followed by day, followed by evening. I, if I remember correctly, you get night followed by dawn, followed by dusk, eventually leading to daylight, so not in chronological order, but a, a beautiful tone poem exploring the idea of light, but in purely musical terms. So here now, uh, Jim Primash's brand new piece, commissioned by the Albany Symphony for this concert, Luminescence, featuring the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. 
the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony Concert broadcast is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. The final work on our concert is a work that I've been very uh, close to my, ever since it was created about 11 years ago. John Harbison, as you might know, is a, a, a major American composer, but also a, a close friend and colleague of mine, a, a composer whose music I've performed a great deal, commissioned, and recorded a great deal as well. Uh, he is a distinguished professor at MIT and is really one of the leading composers in America today, a, a brilliant and elegant craftsman, as well as a man of incredible intellect and depth of thought and, and really a, a beautifully sensitive musical mind, a composer for listeners who really love deep and serious musical experiences. He's just a very deeply musical person. About 11 years ago, uh, John's magnum opus, his magnum opera, his major work, was uh, premiered by the Metropolitan Opera. It was a commission from James Levine for the Met Opera uh, for the 25th anniversary of Levine's tenure there. And it's an opera that um, is based on the Fitzgerald novel, The Great Gatsby. And for the opera, John had written the libretto himself, taking it really almost entirely from the text of the book, and had fashioned an extremely... A powerful, I think, and moving opera. I had the privilege of being at opening night at the Metropolitan. And while the opera met with varied responses, I think some people thought the libretto was not quite as artful as it might have been, I found it to be, at that time and ever since, one of the most impressive evenings in the musical theater that I've had in the last 20 years. The work was done at the Met and then repeated at Chicago Lyric Opera and then brought back to the Met by Levine, who's a great champion of Harbison's music and loved the piece. And then it really has not been played since. So for the last seven years or so, the opera has lain dormant. Finally, John was convinced by another champion of his music, David Zinman, the the esteemed American conductor, to create a a suite from the opera. And uh, he did that, and it was premiered last summer at the Aspen Music Festival, where Zinman was the chief conductor. Uh, When I heard it, I immediately said to John, the Albany Symphony, I would be so honored to uh, not only perform this piece, but to record it. And John very graciously agreed to have it performed on this concert and and then recorded the following day. The work is a a fascinating work in and of itself. I mean, if one knows the opera, it's delightful to reconnect with the themes and the music of the opera. But it's quite a powerful and direct work of purely symphonic music. The reason that it is such a unique and original piece is that throughout the opera, there have been different scenes in which, in order to sort of intensify the period sense of the opera, Harbison had actually utilized a a little 1920-style jazz combo on stage during the two big crowd scenes at Gatsby's estate. This jazz orchestra plays, and there's even a young tenor singer who sings this kind of 1920s-style music. And then in certain scenes in Mabel's garage, where... If you remember the story at all, Tom keeps stopping by and and showing off his girlfriend, uh, Tom Brady does. There's a radio, and they keep turning on the radio, and you hear these fabulous old foxtrots and songs and such coming out of the radio, but in fact, they're, they're actually being performed live during the opera. All of this music was written and was original by John Harbison. He he didn't take themes or take foxtrots and orchestrate them. He created his own world of sort of faux 1920s music. I thought it was very funny that he was, uh, as he mentioned, he was standing in the men's room during the first performance at the intermission, and the gentleman next to him said, gee, I really love all these old foxtrots and songs. I wish the composer could have written stuff as good as the old stuff, uh, not knowing that, that Harbison had actually written the old music as well. In fact, the the 
I think the music is through composed in the most powerful and beautiful way. And, and the, the music of this jazz orchestra keeps finding its way into the big orchestra. So for the suite, John took this little chamber jazz band, uh, which is a, a, a tuba, a trombone, a trumpet, a tenor banjo, a soprano saxophone, violin, drum set, and keyboards, and has essentially embedded it in the center of the orchestra. So as the piece progresses, it's a two-movement work, and the two movements really just mirror the two acts of the opera. But within each movement, there's a big central section, which is a series of these fabulous dances and songs played by this jazz orchestra and sort of commented upon by the larger orchestra. So an amazing amalgam of kind of early jazz age music, but, but newly composed, and surrounded by this much more dramatic um, telling of the whole Gatsby story. So here now, uh, the recording premiere, because this was, uh, even though this piece had been played once before, we, in fact, have now created the first commercial recording, which will be coming out later this year, the recording premiere of John Harbison's Suite from the Great Gatsby. Uh, The orchestra is the Albany Symphony. It's conducted by me, David Allen Miller. The new Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller from WMHT.org. David Allen Miller conducts the Albany Symphony, and he provides commentary on the WMHT live broadcast. David's commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of David Allen Miller's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live on WMHT-FM, your classical companion.